citizens of the verse today's may 11th 2951 and welcome to another episode of readcast we're a weekly star citizen podcast sponsored by the read organization i'm your host way too geeky and i'm joined by my two prestigious co-hosts the earl of sandwich himself Chekhov. say hello Chekhov. hello everybody and of course who could forget the duke of nukem mr seagard olfson hail seagard first and foremost my profound apologies everyone for missing last week i actually had an ear infection and while uh, normally the smooth tones of Chekhov's voice soothe me into a calm state of namaste i don't think that i'd be able to have uh dealt with that last week so um my apologies but uh, before we dive into it, we are joined by a special guest for his second appearance on the show. Welcome back, Tava. Greetings, everyone. For uh, for all those who may be newer listeners, um, do us a favor and just give us a brief intro about yourself. Um, I've been a backer with Star Citizen since the very beginning, uh, beginning of 2012. Um. I enjoy just about every aspect of the game, and I'm really enjoying uh, 313 right now. Hmm. Awesome. Lucky you. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm about to do a, a character reset. And he's Mr. part of character. logistics. <laughs> yeah. um, he's a real so, uh, logistics guy. Yeah. That's true. Um, so... You know, what's everyone been uh, up to this past week in the verse? Tavo, why don't you kick us off? What, what have you been doing? Well, I finally succumbed to what Chekhov was saying about the Nomad, with everything being more stable with 313 and listening to him talk about it all the time. I decided to upgrade my 135C to the, to the Nomad. And uh, just before we started talking tonight, um, I was out doing some mining with the rock in the back of it. Great. And, uh, it's it's stable. It was working great. I was absolutely loving it. I just uh, docked up to get on here. Um, for me, uh, I, I thought it was an outstanding uh, play session. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, it is nice to see that Chekhov's fantasy has come true. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about those related to VR goggles. <laughs> uh... <laughs> um. What about you, Seaguard? You know, I did a couple things. I for once I didn't really work on anything related to the org. Uh, <gasps> it's yeah, <laughs> it's kind of scary, I know. But I did do um I did a little back view today on uh well, today was just the kind of something I did. I just had to drift into a video at one of the old um citizen cons and they were talking about Spectrum and how it was gonna be the hub of all org activities. So I went and played around with our org location to see if we had voice or anything along those lines that might be able to either supplement or take the role that we use discord for uh, it's, it's not mm-hmm. there yet obviously um so i, I think that's going to be a question i'm going to have to ask in the future i also did some cargo buying and selling um again the the prices really didn't change for for that so it's I think it's very hit or miss on selling cargo, buying and selling, you know, cargo. Um, it, it, the profit's not nearly what you can do with a rock. 
And then finally I did, uh, I took my prospector out and added on some of those passive um, items, you know, the, up. I don't want to call them modules, I guess they call them mm-hmm. modules. The added uh, three passive modules. Yeah, yeah, subcomponents. And uh, thank you. And I uh, found that uh, I definitely like them. I like the way they're integrated into the HUD. Uh, that was kind of a pleasant experience. I was able to go out there and, you know, fill a freelancer and, um, you know, three runs and uh, have very, very little inert material. And uh, it was profitable. It was fun. So That's great. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Chekhov, how about yourself? What have you been up to? Besides resetting um, your character. Well, no, I'm about to reset my character because just finished undressing and stripping my ships. But uh, the week was actually pretty frustrating. I mean, we did mostly like cave missions. Uh, they were fun, you know, uh, sort of uh, doing them together and looking for some plant life and uh, some other stuff. Uh, actually pretty... Uh, a valuable commodities. Apparently, you can make more money picking them up and selling versus hand mineables. But unfortunately, outside of that, uh, due to my, you know, not able to wake up after I die, I didn't really spend much time because I was a one-trick pony kind of, you know, played until I died and then I'd log off. So, what wow. about you, Kiki? I haven't played because of the whole – well, between ear infections and I've been looking for an apartment, um, oh. you know, and I do – outside oh. of that and my normal busy job, I just have not had time to play. Oh, that's right. They're evicting you. Yeah, they're not evicting me. They sold the building. Oh, okay. And the owner <laughs> wants – I live in a garden apartment and the owner – I think it's going to be like an in-law suite. Uh. So – yeah, and it's such a nice apartment, and I'm so sad. Yeah, it's I have tough. To go to something else. It's tough to and, find. And for all those who think New York, you know, was like dead and gone, um, the apartment hunting has been brutal. I've seen apartments jump up in price because people get into a bidding war for them. So wow. I have a feeling it's back. Yeah. Um, especially since they're opening up again. Uh, by July, fully. I guess dreams do not come true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, a lot has happened in the two weeks that we haven't um, haven't uh, aired. So I think uh, there's a lot to talk about. I think for starters, uh, with two different episodes of ISC, the first half of uh, of the um, two-week-old episode was all about new armor types uh, that they had been bringing from concept. So we saw a number of different armor sets. There was a heat suit that was just screamed pyro. Um, It was one piece. What's that? um, Did we ask Tava? We asked Tava what he's been doing for science. Yeah. No, not for science. For science. We didn't didn't get What he did last week. I couldn't remember if we asked him. Yeah, he just got the nomad. Gotcha. That's right. I'm sorry. It's okay. 
Sea guard skipping people. Oh man. <laughs> um. Anyway, so we're talking about the the uh, that heat suit. Um, in that instance, there was no like mixing and matching because you know they wanted to be able to have a more unique shape. Um, we also got to look at the gray cat concept that was on sale um for the you know the more industrial looking outfit that looked cool i have a red one um Hmm. they clearly in case it wasn't clear they definitely use the multi-tool for inspiration uh they also showed a heavy suit by rs and um the last and the last suit Hmm. Well, I I can't even understand my own notes since it was two weeks ago. It's like the Takaron or something. uh, Oh, the last suit was really cool. Or something. Yeah, yeah, that last suit was really cool because it was essentially had like this hood and stuff, and um, they were talking about how with that particular concept, if you put the whole suit together, it'll add geometry to it, like um, breathing tubes and like a hood. But if you want it to be able to mix and match, it'll remove that geometry so that you can still use uh, some of the elements. Um, and then the second half was a look at Providence Industrial Platform, which is the essentially the industrial platform for Orison. Uh, There's a discovery center. They showed an entrance for employees. It looks like potential gameplay. Um, as well as rigging that can be used for, you know, like repair missions or some kind of missions like that, uh, as well as the escape pods at the bottom in case of emergency. I wonder if mm. we'll ever get to use those. Um, but uh, what did you guys think? Tavo, did you catch that episode at all? Yes, I did. And I was really amazed with the ideas that are coming with the gameplay. With everything we've heard in Lore Masters and when they're talking about um, – the new systems, there's some lava planets and other things where I think these suits could really come in handy if you were going to go down on the surface and do some stuff to where you would want to have more specialized equipment with you. So if you went over to another system and you didn't have it with you, you weren't going down on the surface to do any mining or anything like that. So yeah. I think it's going to offer some unique opportunities. Definitely. It's it's pretty cool looking stuff. What about you, Seaguard? Yeah, I uh, I was very, very intrigued by the armors. I like that cloth look. It's kind of a commando stealth look, even though it's heavy armor. Uh, I really like the leather one at the end, the uh, Tetsukumi uh, armor. Mm. And I like this background story of how it was designed and concepted by gotcha. some you, lost, you know. Are you uh, sure it's le- leather, not latex? Yeah, it might be latex. It might be. But it's a great looking armor set. It just looks very, I don't know, it just looks very, uh, very cool. And then the other things yeah, I liked, um, I liked the suit they showed for like the guys working in the smelting so center with so like the aprons, the reflective aprons yeah. and the breathing masks and the hard hats. I, yeah, I would I definitely like to see something. Like first I want uh, that kind of feel for. Uh, guys who work yeah, on ships right. to be able to go in or out of the ship um, yeah. and kind of just have like a, a, a work-ready suit. And to me, the, um, the Mac Flex is too pretty to be really a work-ready suit for, you know, for ships and stuff. You need something more like a, 
a hard hat kind of helmet, like a, I don't know, a helmet you would put stickers on, like a, like, you know, steel workers do and, and guys working <laughs> on loading ships would and, uh, you know, some ready patches already on the arms where they've been torn or something in the past, and a little more beat up, but it was, it was good. Um, and then the other thing was I, as I looked at the Crusader, um, the platform, I was really kind of thinking of, there's a lot of similarities to what they showed to the old Vanderville racetrack in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's, it has that definitely that there's a, there's a lot of carryover there um, yeah. to what's going to be on Orison, 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 Orison. Yeah. Orison. Yeah. I, 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 I go back and say both. So <laughs> no judgment here. Yeah. So I, I liked it all. I thought it was great. Hmm. One of my favorite episodes in a long time. Cool. What about uh, now, you, Checky McCheck? Which, uh, which episode? So we're talking about this recent week, not the week before. No, the one, the older one. Oh no, no, no! I have a hard time retaining current week. So if it's okay, a previous well, one, I don't even. So know we'll talk about it. last week's then. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I thought I thought that was a good episode. I I love anything that sort of just, you know, anytime we get to see a ton of different things and especially when it's something that looks like it could be coming relatively soon. Um, last week's episode of ISC, we got a look at radar ping and scanning. So yes. we learned a lot about scanning right. and how they're systematizing it. Um, we got a quick look at work in progress UI changes. Um, and then they they followed that part of the episode up with a sprint report where we saw um, new hospital props, their emergency drop-off hangar for new Babbage um, Hospital, as well as um, some of the plants being added to the hospital for de- de- decoration and decor, as well as some uh, new visuals for wormholes, updated rest stop lighting, protective gear. Um, I think um, Seaguard kind of combined the protective gear with la- the episode before, yeah. Uh, as well as that's why I questioned. Probably did. I probably yeah. did because yeah. I remember the gear in this episode. That's what, like which episode are we talking about? Yeah, and then uh, Orison and its Habs. We got to look at the platform um, again. So yeah. cool stuff, Tavo. I'm I'm, I'm going to assume you saw it as well. Absolutely, I was totally. Uh, blown away by the level of detail. It's amazing. Some weeks you get good information. Other weeks you get okay information. This one was like, wow, for information. So, yes, absolutely. I feel like I feel like they've been better the past. Like this year, I feel like the content started out strong and stayed mostly strong. There's a few episodes where I was like, oh, I wish I had like another two minutes of something. Well, yeah, they're trying to make up for the torturous bugs that I'm going through, you know, by giving me good content. Thank you, CIG. Yeah, the, the theater theater of war one um, update was not probably my favorite. That was not one of my favorites. Yeah, well, well that's because yeah. there was no there was no new information. Exactly, and that's like you know, this thing was supposed to come out already for months and months. It's like okay. Why are we talking about it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so speaking of that, well, I, I guess Chekhov, any thoughts on that last week's episode of ISC? <laughs> yeah. No, last week's, actually, I agree with everybody. It was 
Very cool. I, I really like the whole, uh, you know, the Raider and where potentially it's going. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that they really understand that this is not the final form and it needs a lot of work. And, and there's this whole concept of being able to scan far and really the detail scan, you know, mm-hmm. what, what's on board to be able to make those choices, you know, where you're still far enough. Where do I, do I want to engage? Do I want to avoid uh, looking for some cargo, potentially, which is sort of insinuating of a pirate plague, possibly, right? So I'm scanning the ship. Is there legal cargo, illegal cargo, valuable cargo? Uh, you know, I could be hiding in, in a cloud where we're lowering my, you know, stealth characteristics, or I should say upping my stealth and kind of yeah. watching the ship. And also that the whole concept of being able to hide behind the Idris, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. by changing your characteristics. So yeah, that yeah. was cool. And of course the renderings of what to come from the Habs to the Orson to uh, to hospitals, even though I don't plan to spend a lot of time in a hospital, I'd rather go to prison. I have more fun there, but you know, I think uh, the hospital could be interesting too. Yeah. I don't remember the hospital one. That's the weird part. I don't remember that. That was the ISC last week. Um, yeah. They, well, I mean, they've been showing the hospitals like crazy in general. Yeah. Which I is remember funny a couple because, weeks back, but not recently. It's, yeah. It's funny that they show so much only because that the um, it's not coming in the next patch. No, yeah. But, but I could see a lot of missions sent around the right with Cutlass yeah. Red. Be with with the, the the whole you know recovering somebody dragging mm-hmm. them out bringing them to the hospital you know things like that yeah it's exciting for sure um, so we sort of started talking about calling all devs two weeks ago when it was about theaters of war <laughs> um, unfortunately still no sense of when when it's going to be released um, you know and there was a lot of repeat information but for those who uh, want to learn more you know. It's essentially a mixed mixed warfare game mode where it's um, takes place planet side FPS in vehicles and in space. Right. Um, right. Well, well, you know why they're not released. I think if you read between the lines, that they don't have the team play flushed out. And theaters of war is all about the team, right? Kind of capture the yeah. flag, and and I don't think the team play mechanics is there yet. So. Yeah, I think it was that, and a lot of what they also said was the performance was just really bad. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He was saying we're not going to release something at twenty FPS, where this particular genre is at least needs to be running at thirty to sixty. Yeah, and especially because the whole idea is as a game <clears throat> mode, um, it's tr- first of all, I, I think there's two things. One, they want it to be a quick snapshot of at least some. Uh, gameplay that someone could j- jump into if you want to play Star Citizen, but you only got 30, 45 minutes. Um, the other piece is it's supposed to serve as a test bed for them to balance weapons and vehicles. Right. So um, they want it to be, they, they want the issues that arise to be based on this is imbalanced so that they can actually tell what their metrics versus, you know, hey, yeah, this yeah. person was having server lag. Right, right. Well, you know, you just hit on something very, very interesting about the whole 30 minutes because, you know, Star Citizen is, a you know, 
daily is a huge commitment. Like if I don't have a, at least a couple of hours, I'm not getting on because that's just the game mode that we're in, right? But if, yeah. we, if they offer us that 30, 45 minutes, I bet you they would attract more players to that, you know, because there's some nice, you know, yep. A hundred percent. And then you're, you're more likely to get some more people into the PU at some point. Oh, yeah. We, we're missing that, that whole gen that just doesn't want to deal with this, you know, wake up, go get dressed for half an hour. You know, by the time you're the ship, like, you know, you're 30 minutes into the game. Right. If there's like instant spawn and action, yeah, we would gain an additional audience. That's for sure. Yeah. Tavo, how did you feel about that episode of Calling All Devs? I thought it was really interesting on how they were looking at trying to make the gameplay work. And now that we've got the tonk in the game, you know, people are going to play around with that. And it'll lead to a lot of emergent gameplay. But I think you guys got it nailed perfectly. You know, for the person who wants to play a half-hour game and they just want to get in and out and get that fixed like they would for Battlefield or anything else, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. But as they get the bedlogging working better, you know, I, I took the Nomad out and bedlogged in it and came back too. And, you know, you could start a mining session and go out and not have to worry when you log back in. Everything's now working as intended, or at least it is for me. Yeah. So I can do two or three, you know, back to back 15 minute, 20 minute sessions when I get time and don't have to do the half hour wake up and microtech run halfway across the planet to go get your ship stuff. I think that's where. Some of the sites like PO is great because you can get in, get to a ship, and go. If you're on Lorville, well, pack a lunch because you, you're starting a breakfast and leaving by lunch. Yeah, yeah, you need snacks along the way. <laughs> <laughs> just just from the Hab to the Starport. <laughs> yeah, snacks, which they took out of you know three thirteen in the refineries. Yeah, good job there, Seg. You know, I liked having my water right there in the refinery, not having to run all around the station. Oh, I didn't notice that, to be honest. But I haven't been doing a lot of refining myself, so. Um, any other comments from you guys on that episode, the, the, the Tau episode of Theaters of uh, Calling All Deafs? Mm. All righty, then. Uh, so last week's episode of, of uh, Star Citizen Live they uh, went a little bit deeper into the scanning, ping, and radar. I'm only going to summarize a little bit of it, but they did talk about how um, obviously different ships will have different capabilities. You know, smaller ships won't be able to scan as well. Bigger ships scan well, et cetera. Um, and that scanners will have specific functions. Um, they will, the, the goal is to have things that we scan be able to be saved, transported, and sold. Um, they also mentioned that um, that they're going to continue to work on the HUD to make it much better experience as well as uh, MFD um, for scanning. Uh, large that they, they, We did talk about this already, but large ships will be able to mask smaller ships. Um, you know, you could turn off all, everything and reduce um, pretty much any presence of your ship with the exception of you still have a cross section. So um, the only way to mask that is by obstructions or gas clouds or, you know, they did talk about the Gladius having a pretty small cross section uh, when facing it head on. And then the thing that I'm most excited about um, that they said is coming in 314 is multi-crew stations going forward are going to have uh, the ability for people using them to scan while the pilot is flying. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Tafa, what'd you think? I had to unmute myself there. Sorry. Um, I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking away. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's okay. It's all right. Um, I, uh, the whole scanning mechanics are, are amazing. I guess I don't even know where to answer on that. I could go on for 10 minutes. Where would you like me to focus? My mind's all over the place on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, what, what, what about scanning or I guess the changes to scanning? are you most excited about or, or that intrigues you the most? No, I watched that episode uh, twice now and I'm getting ready to do it a third time. The, the depth of, of the passive scan was, was really cool. And then they, you could do the active ping, which we've all seen now. And, and they've been making little tweaks to that to where I look Mm -hmm. at like, when you look at the arc map for the Stanton system, you can see uh, that there's the jump point for pyro. And Tony Zervik back at the, when he did the whole little quantum and showing how the whole Stanton system could get going with all of the quantum running around, he had stuff coming in from Pyro. So we know the Pyro jump points out there, but we also know that we can't free warp around the system to scan. I mean, it's it's a chore to get to the air and halo sometimes. So the the short scan areas where they were showing, you know, they say it's going to be in depth, but it's not going to be across the system, you know, a whole AU. So I want to know more of, uh, now that they've really got my mind thinking on how we're going to find the jump points, you know, are we going to have to go um, and just go full thrust in one direction for, you know, two or three weeks, two or three months, constantly pinging, active pinging to find things? Or since we can't free warp, how are we going to get into those areas to find it? So... I would say I would say just based on what we've read recently in the update to the roadmap a few weeks ago, um, I would say it has to do with the probes that science vessels can send out. Because then oh, you, could, you could quantum to those. Because I remember, I can't remember the name of the ship. Before the last patch, we were all taking our time over there from near Microtech and we were trying to get the fastest ships to go find the, uh, what was the ship we were trying to find that was way out there? <laughs> it took us yeah, hours just going in one direction. Jericho, the Jericho yeah. ship there. Um, you know, if we had a probe, that would have been a lot easier. If you can warp to the probe, yeah, absolutely. But I'm very intrigued in all of that. The whole thing, hiding behind asteroids, hiding behind other ships, um, you know, finding your best ship, best setup. And I imagine back from when they were talking about how we could overclock components and do a lot more with that, getting your scanners for your ship, being able to overclock them, get the best components to to get that little sweet spot so you can make it a profession and then sell that data if, mm-hmm. if you wish. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot there. Yeah. Um, Seaguard, what, what got you the most jazzed? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, you know, we all knew the breakout. Um, I guess the, um, uh, it was definitely the the ability to discern more detail, the more powerful your radar was, and to separate targets. Um, and my mind was less about thinking about doing that with ping, and more about doing that with passive radar. Um, the idea, you know, like the, um, you know several of the ships out there, the Hornets um, tracker, for example, 
has the disc on top. Or, you know, I just yep. hope they have the ability to see farther in passive mode. Basically, let's give them good long range sight or or far vision, but terrible near vision. <laughs> so, yeah. so they can, you know, skirt around the edges and get better uh, intelligence. Uh, the thing that I noticed at this point that was missing uh, was r- radar power, right? Um, in jets and things like that, you can actually jam radar. So you can jam your counterpart by... It doesn't turn your whole radar screen fuzzy. It just puts in sections that are... You can tell you're being jammed, but... Um, you have to break through that and make your your own radar more powerful to get through that jamming. So it's yeah. called burn through. Um, I'd like to see what they have in terms of ideas for burn through. In other words, we're we're relatively close to each other. Am I going to be able to actively, bam, bur, you know, um, block someone with a sentinel, or are they going to be able to? at what range are they going to be able to burn through? Are they going to be able to burn through with, you know, a much shorter range and then lock their missiles or, you know, is there going to be push and tug? I guess it's probably going to be push and tug. Who knows? But I I, I think it'll be interesting to see. That's, you know, to me, that's where it went. Cool. Uh, Chekhov, what about you, sir? Well, I think I I covered a lot of it, right? With yeah. The, with the whole thing, but what you said kind of also reminded me be able to scan and retain and uh, you know sell it or whatever else. But that that again uh, brings in a whole game loop. If that, yeah, I mean it's know. it's the beginning of science, really. Yeah, yeah, that is the or beginning exploration of at least. Right, right. Being able to. Uh, really scan far out and then start analyzing the data. That's cool stuff. Yeah. Multiple multiple systems on a ship will also be interesting, right? Yeah. If you can upgrade your science scanners so that they're different than your combat scanners, but you can yeah. have both capabilities, that will be a factor. I wonder how they're going to handle things like that. It'll be interesting to see, and and if it's going to interact with like some of the larger ships with their radar globes and things like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I also think what what might be cool they they touched on spoofing very little, um, but they they did talk about it a tiny bit. Right. I I was thinking how cool would it be if like you were, you know, an outlaw of some sort, or you're just trying to escape someone, and you're in a gas cloud. What if you could send like a a missile off in a direction that spoofed your signature? Yeah, decoy. Wouldn't right? that be cool? Yeah. You know, you just sub- hide in the gas cloud. Yeah, and you know, in submarines, when you launch a torpedo from a submarine at another submarine, if the torpedo cannot find the other sub, it loses track of it. It goes into an automatic hunting routine looking for it. So it'll like oh, wow. circle to the surface, check going through cold and warm layers, and then it'll turn around and start going back down um, and widening its circle looking for a target to lock onto. Oh. So they can actually blind shoot a torpedo into an area where they think a target is or have had a ping on a target, and torpedoes will often hunt them down. Now, that would be really cool in a in a cloud, right? We, 
<laughs> yeah, no joke. Yeah, Jeez. they'd be hard to see, and you'd have to be really crafty to uh, to uh, lose them. So interesting. Um, so uh, this week coming up, Inside Star Citizen will be all about vehicle experience, and we'll be able to get a look at the rework of projectiles. Uh, as well as missile operator mode and capacitor gameplay. So very exciting stuff for this Thursday. Yeah. Um, they're also going to have an AMA on Spectrum Thursday about the reputation system. So take a look at that. That'll be 12 p.m. Eastern Standard, 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, and then Friday, um, it will be a SCL... Uh, Star Citizen Live with uh, it's it's a it's it's a game dev episode check off so you know <laughs> prepared um, but it's going to have Jeremiah Lee and he's going to do um, it looks like he's going to do another uh, series on UEE fleet uniforms in in honor of Invictus okay cool um, so that could be interesting yeah. uh in other news, I mean, a lot has happened. You know, 313.1 has changed dramatically in the PTU since even last week. Um, you know, we, we're now able to see ship-to-station docking, the Starlifter, and the Nova Tank, Tonk have appeared. Um, and we, we're seeing some of the prep for Invictus launch week at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone, anyone hop into the PTU at all? No, 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 sir. I haven't either. Yeah, I've been avoiding it. I don't want to go in. I want to see it come live. I've been watching videos. Real, Uh, (laughs) very not a lot for me. I I did see one on the the Pegasus was pretty cool, Um, and you know, obviously saw some stuff of the Javelin tour, which was actually very, very cool. Um, Yeah, I was surprised. And and uh, Nubkins actually has one, so yeah, you know, it's a dilemma in its own right. It's a big ship, and I know a very big that. ship, but uh, it's definitely pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So the other guys was streaming uh, Hercules. I mean, it was yeah, it's, uh, interesting. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, uh, just a little empty for me. I Lost know. you. I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a transportation mm-hmm. ship. It's really not meant to do much more than that right yeah well yeah. the variants are but i was just hoping i was hoping that it would have a little more like a caterpillar is like that right it's very yeah. industrially expected kind of to be yeah. empty but i guess they're similar because this thing even carries more than a caterpillar yeah i haven't seen any videos so far and i maybe i just haven't looked well i haven't looked I want to see how many vehicles fit in it. Yeah, it looks well, like a lot. Yeah, so that that's the really the, the main purpose of it because the way in and out. I mean, I bet you a little PTV can fly right through with enough speed. Yeah, I mean the the that front ramp, the way that the door opens, is really cool. It's yeah. a cool looking ship. I have no need for it, but I I think it looks cool. Yeah, I, um, I have one, but you know, it's funny. There's a lot of. Um... There are quite a few people have been debating whether they're going to keep it in the order. I, I know I heard someone say seen. they're getting a Carrick instead. Oh. <laughs> or as I call it, a good decision. 
Yeah, sacrilege. But uh, I did. Uh, I've actually loaded um, a bunch of fast sea lift ships um, at Bremerhaven and a few other ports for the army, and I did some roll on, roll off commercial vehicles and things like that. And there's definitely the feeling of that within the Hercules. There, there's a similarity to it. Um, mm -hmm. If it was darker on the inside, inside that deck, well, it would uh, be better. I think it's just a little too bright for my liking. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, but uh, it definitely has that feel, no doubt about it. I've never heard. I haven't heard too many people say, "You know what? That's too bright." <laughs> well, yeah. These, I mean, these spaces on these ships are not. Um, they're they're not. They're not fun. They're they're not horrible. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of noise, and I mean, you've got tractor trailer tractor trailers turning around inside these ships, and um, there's a lot of echoing. So, you know, some of them, like the car carriers, some of those had eight or nine decks of cars, and they're packed. As we just would just be driving vehicle in after vehicle in and shackling them in place, and there's water dripping everywhere from. The condensation and uh, grease and oil on the on the grates and stuff. It's, they're not they're not pristine. Yeah, <laughs> I sure. can imagine. Yeah, so um, you know that's something I think probably would need to build up pretty quickly. There should be a yeah. lot of grind down there. But yeah, a cool ship, nonetheless. Yeah. Well, um, this sort of feeds into our next topic which is about fleet week which the schedule's been posted um it starts on may 21st um and the 21st and 22nd will be all rsi consolidated outland argo as well as origin 23rd and 24th will be aegis uh 25th and 26th will be crusader tumbrel and misc and the 27th and 28th will be good old anvil aerospace um, as well as uh, Drake will have its Drake Con or whatever it is on the uh, 29th and 30th. And then it, there's a finale, which is the 31st of May and June 1st. So I don't know what that is, but we already sort of talked about it. There will be a tour of a docked Javelin, which seems pretty cool. It won't be the whole ship. There'll be parts that are guarded and blocked off. But either way, we'll get to see its majesty up close and personal. And then there is actually a flyby of a bangle um, as well. So that should yeah. be cool. Just to, uh, you know, just to go along with that, if it's something we don't typically talk about. But if you haven't looked at April's um, jump, uh, the Star Citizen magazine jump point, they actually do a recap, uh, a visual guide of the corporations. Yep. And it talks about their styles, like, you know, what is Aegis dynamic style? What's their history? Then it talks about some of their ships and the storylines behind them. Um, if, you know, if you have access to one of those magazines, it's great. There's also the um, the armor set I was talking about, the Teja Chapi armor set. And yep. they also have the pictures of the mandible armor, the bug out yep. uh, uh, helmets. So, but uh, that little corporate guide might be good for that uh, that day. If you yeah, can definitely get, get access to it. Definitely, and the monthly reports also came out. But I just will be here till next Tuesday if if we yep. if we include that as well. <laughs> yep. Um, 
two weeks ago, there was also a roadmap roundup um, where um, a few things uh, were updated. So on the progress tracker, they added a couple of really interesting things. Um, Drake Corsair. Mm -hmm. Uh, They added vehicle door improvements. uh, And that includes the aligning uh, to terrain and other ship behaviors. Uh, Life support tier zero. Um, And then some of the things that were unannounced on the progress tracker are now revealed. The Banu Merchantman, the Santaki Eye, and the Drake Vulture. Um, what do you guys think, Tavo? What's most exciting add to the to the roadmap for you? Oh, definitely the the Merchantman. <laughs> I've been trying to follow everybody's discussions everywhere on that, and uh, I am I have one. I can't wait to fly it and and do everything in a verse like everyone else with it. But one of the main things that uh, was coming up in some of the discussion groups I was looking at is that unlike the C2 or the whole Hercules line, you can put really big things in the Hercules for its almost 700 SCU space it has. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you can put even more in the Merchantman. But the, the talk that I was reading was the Merchantman is divided into smaller compartment in areas, kind of like the Caterpillar is. So you won't be able to put big things like the... the um, tonk in there it may not fit you may be able to put a lot of other different cargo in different areas but big items might not fit so it's going to be really cool we haven't seen any new concept art on the interior design on and stuff so i'm hoping that comes out in subsequent uh, 13.x versions it has been a long time it's been a long time since we've seen anything and it sounds like they needed to sort of reconcept it again yeah if i'm I was just talking with Seaguard earlier, and um, I, I'm really curious to see if the Vulture fits in the C2. I would like to see, you know, that would really work out well, because that's kind of a flat and narrow ship. It might, I don't know how big it's going to be. We don't have a good scale size. I think it's going to be too tall. I don't know. It'd be it's really my cool. Guess. <laughs> yeah. I've seen so many videos. uh the Aurora fit in there. One of the cool ones I saw was there people were putting the Argo, the Argo um, cargo ships in there. One of the, the PUV and the little cargo mm-hmm. variant. They fit yeah. in there pretty good. You could put like four of them in there, um, which really help you for loading and unloading cargo at different places. The possibilities are just blowing me away, but I'm really looking forward to the Vulture and, and the Merchantman the most. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. What about you, Seaguard? What are you most excited about with that? Certainly the Vulture is a, a cool one I'd like to see because I was always a, it's very reminiscent of the Venture um, from um, another space game out there. It's, uh, you know, it's basically a very similar looking ship and it was always a great game and a ship in that game. Um, I like the idea of it. Um, they, the one that, um, I also saw talked about on the monthly report was actually the whole series. So those are ones I'm really looking for more forward to. I saw that the uh, C was listed and the A and B were listed um, as being in progress or for finishing by the end of the year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That should be pretty exciting. 
Um, Chekhov, any any exciting additions for you? Paging Chekhov. Sorry, I was on mute. I was, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm with Tavos. I mean, Marching Man is like uh, one of those ships when I got into the game, I was like, wow. I mean, this is definitely the one, even though I don't own one, but love to kind of walk around one and see that come to life. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about the Merchant Man, even though I don't own one. I do own a Vulture, so I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, I don't currently own a Corsair, but I'll probably pick one up in game. Um, I'm excited for life support, to be quite honest. That sounds really awesome. Yeah. Um, now, they did mention that there are a few things that have been removed. So... Um, uh, they they got rid of um, sorry hang on uh, I was trying to read my notes <laughs> um, but the things that have been temporarily removed are multigrid uh, SDF so um, multigrid sign distance fields so that's for capital ship destruction uh, culling streaming exterior and interior of ships animated dashboard states and the M50 engine swap because that was really lighting my fire. The M50 engine swap. It just mm-hmm. had my my excitement everywhere because who cares? No offense to M50 owners or people who love it, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, so a little disappointed, but not too horrible. Um, and then obviously some deliverables that they added as committed ship to station docking, uh, mission spawn closets. And then they did mention that next week's um, uh, roadmap, they're aiming to uh, put in uh, the progress tracker and release view for Q1 2022. Um, Now that'll only be upstream teams, um, not the downstream teams. Um, and then the uh, downstream schedule will be updated to Q3 2021 shortly oh, um, after that. So that's exciting. We might get a good sense of what we're going to see released Q1 of next year. Is it going to be pyro? <laughs> Is it going to be other cool stuff? I guess we'll see. <laughs> um. So that brings us to everyone's favorite segment. Tavo, do you know what it is? Uh, Time for science. That was actually pretty good. Maybe we should just record his voice. Yeah. I just like the theme song so much that I can't, I can't just turn it off immediately. I need to hear the whole thing. Um, it just gives me Rick and Morty vibes and like, you know, um, uh, Dr. Who vibes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys are listening for the first time, uh, for science is where we talk about what we've done in the past week in the name of science. So Tavo, why don't you kick us off? What have you done for science this past week? 
I was just testing. Um, I've been doing a lot of work with the Nomad uh, yeah, bed logging and coming back in from it's been working fine. Um, I wanted to test and see logging off and logging back on with the rock in the back, um, how well that worked. And it's staying in the back of the rock, no problem. And I was just trying before we came on tonight. I'd gone out and done some quick mining in it and went back to uh, station and stored the ships. And I wanted to see if I went to the refinery, if I could actually... Yeah, sell the ore out of the rock, which was stored on the Nomad, and it couldn't find the ore on there. So that was one of those questions I was asking people if you could wind up doing it that way, and I couldn't get an answer, so I tried that, and the answer is no. <laughs> so hopefully when I walk back in, the uh, the ore is still in the rock. So that's my big thing. Don't do not do that, folks. I think I'm more privy no, to You're not going to find your ore, I think. Fingers and toes for you. Fingers and toes. Um, yes. What about I, you, Sue? Have you done anything in the name of science? Um, just a little bit of playing with the, um, uh, the modules. And I actually went out to the uh, Aaron Halo. And I found, I found that the Aaron Halo, there's plenty to be found out there. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I, was, I was just looking for basically anything with high percentages. And I found that the brakes were working exceptionally well. Um, So we were getting 100% of inert material and, you know, very high percentages of the remainders after I got brakes. So I was able to fill them very well. And then uh, last thing I did was check off and I went into a cave yesterday. um, And Didn't only one come out? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact. And uh, we went in with Nick. Nick got out and I got out. Checkup had to reboot. But, um, but we, I was able to fill my backpack with collectibles. A lot of, you know, banta pudu, shall we say, and plants. So I'd never done that before. Mm. But fill, fill it up very easily and yeah, get back and uh, get to sell it today. So oh, that's thank you for reminding me. I'm on my way to the admin <laughs> office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chekhov, what about you? Uh, actually, uh, I just did something for science about 10 minutes ago. So I reset my character. And before doing that, I went into a corner in yeah. Everest Harbor and stripped down to my underwear and stripped all my ships, oh, ships of everything. So I do have to report when I got back in, uh, everything that belonged to me on me, meaning my uh, undersuits and all the armor is in place, but unfortunately, some of the ship components is still gone. So oh, it doesn't help. It helps somewhat, but not a hundred percent. Yeah, and then a new patch will come, and they'll be back for some reason. You'll be like, "Oh, where did yeah. this come from?" Yeah, right. After <laughs> what, new coolers and new shields all of a sudden i have doubles of everything that happens every that happens to me all the time with my ts2s uh my ts2 uh quantum drive for my carrick and my rhinos yeah it'll be there it won't be there it'll be yeah. back yeah you know yeah. so it sort of remembers <laughs> yes i feel you yeah uh, so I didn't do anything for science except check um, how medicated airdrops would help. <laughs> so that was me. <laughs> uh, we did get a couple of answers to Seaguard's question a couple, from a couple weeks ago. And oh, so as a reminder, 
um, Seagard had said, how would you like to see your org make money? Um, so first one comes to us from Kilgore. So you know it's going to be something that's super legit. Oh, Kilgore's um, good. I like Kilgore. And Kilgore says, what's up, my favorite Care Bears? Oh. Hope you've had an enjoyable week in the verse. Uh, I've, I've got an answer to Seagard's question. How would you like to see your org make money? My org mates and I spend a lot of time in prison and have leveraged these sentences into an extremely lucrative business venture. Merits. Yes. Ah. One, of our, one of our members was making so much Alpha UEC yeah, in prison has... that we made an event out of it. Right. All told, after three hours of work, we made just... $15 million like Alpha UEC. Down. No joke. We don't Good for them, man. Good for them. <laughs> Um, we don't. We, we said someone has to rule the prisons. Yeah, uh, you know, we said and, we can be the minions. Be them. <laughs> it's gonna be them. It's gonna be them. That's an know. A plus. That's an A so, plus. Wait, wait, wait. So what are they doing? They just are they sell your merits so you can get out? Yeah, they're trading. They're trading Alpha UEC for merits. Yeah. Awesome. Because right. they just stay in prison, so they have all the extra merits and everything. That's right, genius. Right. That's genius. Um, they also said he also said we don't have any org coffers proper, choosing instead to just equity split oh, the proceeds. I imagine that for an org like ours, where everyone feels they're too good to mine, that will often find ways on the fringe to profit. It'll be a sad day for us if when they remove the ability for us to transfer our merits. Huh. Anyway, deep discounts at just five to one if anyone's buying. Really? Awesome. Well, as, much, as much time as I spend there, maybe I should start doing that too. That's funny. That's funny. We've been collecting them and sharing them amongst our group when someone needs to get out. Yeah. That's brilliant. That is I just like a, that Kilgore calls us his favorite care bears. Oh yeah. yeah no, right. that, is, <laughs> that is pretty cool. See that is a great that is a great game loop. I mean that is fantastic, man. I love that. Wait, this is this the guys. guy is this the guy that refused to fight or this is somebody else? This no, is the guy he, who wanted to join us and do missions and together and spar. Uh, Oh, oh, yeah, oh, create counter yeah. missions and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. Did, but then he then put a bounty on my head. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but okay, we put okay. bounties on your head. No. Oh. <laughs> we just said it was him. Oh, yeah. We uh, did we did scrap a little bit about a couple one of the stations, I think. But yeah. uh, they were they were cool about it. We were cool. It was a fun night. So um, then I have a question also. Speaking of um, questions, oh, nobody wanted to answer mine. If you did, no one answered. Sorry. Yeah, I figured that much. <laughs> I did not have high expectations. But then again, I'm very secure about myself, so I'm not very really disappointed. I do have another question to ask. Maybe this time they'll answer. Perhaps. Um, well, the second response came from Nyar. Okay, good. And... Uh, he said, offhand, I would say that the org should get 50% of the profit with the rest split evenly between the crew. However, I suspect that how we pay crew won't be of great importance. 
seems to me that anyone who is playing with an org, particularly one not focused on combat, will find it fairly easy to acquire as much alpha UEC or as much UEC as uh, um, he didn't put alpha, I did, as they need. Uh, If, for instance, CIG makes the economy such that an org um, can find, oh, can field multiple Orions or whole E's, um, has cash flow issues, the game would be unplayable. Oh, then the game would be unplayable for people starting without significant assets. Conversely, I suspect that the currency of far greater importance will be reputation, the acquisition of which CIG can tightly control as it will not likely be tradable. I would expect that the things we really want to spend our UEC on will invariably be unpurchasable and uninsurable without meeting certain reputation requirements. What what do you guys think about that? That's a pretty good Mm. response. He's on to some things. Well, I think I've seen some models where there is a sponsor, like, for example, Cargo. There's sort of a banker. Whoever puts up the money, uh, you know, gets like, you know, 10%, let's say. Then you, so let's say that the whole pot is 100%. Uh, So let's say or gets X, sponsor gets Y, then the the people that are actually doing the runs will get Z, you know, something like that. So everybody participates. uh, Where uh, if it's a mining, I guess, uh, play, then it's uh, whoever, uh, you know, uh, provides a proper ship, right? They fully equipped. Because like we, mm-hmm. we talked about it, there's some components that could be very efficient, but it, it costs about, you know, a quarter of a million AUC to put them on and, and you're at risk, you know, because if your ship is destroyed, you lose them. So again, somebody could sponsor that, uh, you know, for a return and someone else could be mining. So yeah, there are a few ways of, of doing that, I think. Yeah. I agree with them too, like in the sense, maybe not, I I mean, I wouldn't say specific amounts, but I think, I think if we think of the org as a central repository for things that can fund larger initiatives, then it should be getting a good cut of expeditions in order to fund future expeditions. And I think, like he said, the game will balance it out so that yeah. it's worthwhile to be a crew member. Yeah. Um, That's any, kind of my else? take. Too. Oh, Tava. Yeah. Sorry, you, I didn't mean to cut you off, Seagard. Nope, I was saying we should ask him. No, I, I don't have anything else to add to it. I think everybody's spot on. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that, uh, you know, I think he's on to something, and I do think that um, – you know, when we start doing some of these explorations, it would be neat to be. It would be neat to have a bunch of character, a bunch of players who, you know, they want to make a fortune. They're willing to sign up and be on a ship and take a slot and go out for, you know, four days and uh, on a mission with us, and and we can split some loot and make them some some money. I think that would be a yeah. blast. Yeah. I'm most interested to see how they facilitate some of this. Like, <clears throat> well, how much I'm sure there'll be a lot of in game methods for, for doing this. Um, but I'm curious how. So I guess we'll see. Right. Um, and now on to some questions. Oh, I guess before questions, 
Uh, Seaguard, do you have a question for this week? Uh, I was going to – I had one. I, it was actually what I thought of for last week. So to set – so the question is, do you think it's better to use large ships um, currently and going forward? Uh, let's say, is it better to you in the, in the future? Do you think it will be more profitable for an org to use their big ships a lot or to use their small ships for most things and save the big ships for special activities. Right. Versus it's like quantity. The, the actual title of it I came up with is qua, uh, quality or I'm sorry. Quantity is a quality of its own. You know, it's from world war two. Um, and uh, I think there's a lot of gameplay in small ships and a lot of profitability and they're easy to use on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of the bigger ships are not, and the loss of losing one that's been upgraded and everything else can get pretty high if you're yeah. if you're not careful. So that's what I'm wondering. You know, do you see the preference in the future of using lots of things like the Nomad or even something as big as a Constellation versus all Connies, right? Yeah, uh, or or eight ninety jumps or six hundred eyes or things like that. Yeah. Great question. Uh, Chekhov, you said you had a question as well. Yes. So this is actually has to do with hardware. And uh, so one of our org members is a is an engineer, and he actually designed a set of um, uh, jo- joystick mounts for himself. And a sort of a thought came to mind, and we kind of we, we put out the survey amongst our org members, but also kind of want to throw it out there. For everyone, uh, we uh, just wondering if anybody were interested in, uh, uh, you, you know, American-made uh, joystick mounts, but uh, they're kind of universal. It doesn't have to be only joystick; it could be modular. It could be joystick. It could be game pads. It could even be keyboards. It could be anything that you use in your gaming station that can be mounted. Uh, height adjustable that can be swiveled uh, and adjusted any any which way to accommodate your gameplay. So the the question is, if you were to have access to something like that, what what would you what do you think that you may want to pay for something like that? Uh, meaning uh, just for I guess one, we'll we'll call it for a single unit like that. Uh, and again, we sort of, I'm asking that question because we're not to waste this time, you know, wanted to see if we actually have a viable product because these things are very expensive and supposedly hard to get and they come from Germany and then there's a whole bunch of garbage that comes from, you know, also from China. So we're trying to get a sense if we made a quality product here in the U.S., what, what would be... Uh, you, the gamers, be willing to pay for something like that. Okay. That was complex. <laughs> I know. Was it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you, you, you don't use joysticks because you don't really, you know, if you use joystick, it'll, it'll hit home for you. Okay, cool. Um, so, let's see. 
Where was I? I'm trying to, oh, I scrolled down for some reason. Now it's time for questions. Uh, so the first question comes to us from, he's got a few, only three though. Um, it's not, it's not Canuck either. It's Cthulhu's disciple. Um, his first question is, do you think we'll ever get robot companions? Maybe female robots asking for a friend. Hmm. <laughs> you know who Cthulhu is, right? It's Badger, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about male robots asking for a friend? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what do know, you think, Tavo? I think you'd have to ask Bender. <laughs> um, Seagard, what do you think? I I hope so. I think that uh, I think there, there's a place for sidekicks, right? Every you know, mm-hmm. we all want to be heroes, and we all want to be you know outlaws and all those things. And I think there's a place for sidekicks. Either they're humorous, or they're uh, or even you want to be the kind of the uh, the, the the person who's known for their intelligence, but they have the enforcer with them, right? I think it would be great. I, I actually hope they come up with stuff like yeah. robots and things and also replicants. You can't use, obviously, replicants in game because it's from um, from the, the movie uh, Blade uh, Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. But uh, the idea of that type of activity would be really cool. <clears throat> so I will say, not to burst any bubbles... But they did say that um, they did say that robots weren't going to be a thing in game. What I will say that sort of in contrast to that is in lore AI was um, essentially um, outlawed because of I, I can't remember what specific instance it was, but something happened that was really bad with AI. Um, that being said, uh, Imperator Addison is into the idea of using AI more, so maybe that may change what they've decided to do uh, when it comes to robots. So who knows? Um, his second question um, is very similar but different, uh, and it is, do you think they'll ever be pets? So uh, Tavo. Pets? Will there be some? Uh, what yeah. pet would you want? I think the pets have already been uh, put into the game. We're going to be able to have fish. We all have fish tanks. So we're going to go around and collect fish. I, I think that's going to be a big one. And maybe the crabs, too. Those little crabs like they show in the Constellation video. Uh, oh, there'll be a place there. for them for trading as a commodity and for people to collect and say, hey, look at my you know aquarium. Yep. Um... Hmm. What about you, Mr. Seagard? You well, sort of I, answered. Yeah, I, I definitely want pets with the, the fish and the crabs. I have a couple of the fish tank already. Um, and fish and the thors, thorsha, and there's different types. But uh, I used to really like having the fish tank set up in my hangers. But I also, um, you know, I think it's, uh, I have the voice packs for the HCS voice packs. Mm-hmm. And I frequently have my parrot and my cat on the uh, hanger on the uh, command deck with me and feed them and put them mm-hmm. outside. And they occasionally fight in the background. Um, I don't if you get if you have HCS voice packs, you know what I'm talking about. But they're basically packs that give you 
voice response to your commands and you can tell them to raise your landing gear and they have characters like, uh, you know, different famous actors from science fiction doing voiceovers, but uh, you can have two that are passive. They just do things on their own. One's a cat, one's a parrot. So I I like it. I like the background noise. I like the squabbling and the chatter. Mm -hmm. So I hope we have pets. What about you, Chekhov? I'm just the opposite. Definitely not interested in pets. It's bad enough I get interrupted to walk my real dog and I have to stop playing Star Citizen. I don't want any <laughs> pets in game. I get enough of them in real life. They did confirm at least ages ago it was a thing that there would be pets. They even, I think they've even mentioned cats as a as a potential pet. Um, but who knows? Things can change, but I would assume that they'll probably do it. It's just probably going to be one of the last things they do. Although you never know, it could end up being an animal AI mm. test bed. Right. Mm. Um, and then his final question, um, another one that I think they have made definitive, non-definitive comments on, which was, do you think we'll ever be able to play as one of the alien species? Hmm. Tava, do you think? I think further down the road, um, they may, um, if they do and they want to test those waters, they may do it with Tavarian because, you know, they're human enough and whatnot versus yeah. the other races. So if they're going to, if they're going to go in that direction, I think that's where they would start. But, there's, I think there's a possibility of that way down the road, not not anytime soon. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, any uh, Seagard? Absolutely. Uh, you know, this game this game is taking a while to get going, but one of the competitor games, so the previous predecessor games, just went over eighteen years of being a game and uh, multi multiplayer online game. You know. You know, they've added stuff through the years that added content and everything else. Aliens will be playable in the future. There's no doubt in my mind. What about you, Chekhov? Yeah, for sure. I think so, too. I mean, uh, it's part of the lore, and I think, I, I mean, I don't know if they will, but they should. Yeah, I I think, I personally think they will, too. They They said that they'd like to. Um, it probably won't be part of what they would consider to be full game release. It'll probably be something after the fact. The biggest challenge I think they'll have is with the Banu because they're so tall and none of our ship metrics actually fit with the Banu. So right. who knows? Well, yeah, they can always sell more Banu, you know, merchantmen, Banu defenders and whatever else they have to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So I guess we'll see. Um, next question comes from Geo Animator. And he asks um, Do you think having multiple accounts is a good idea? How might it be used for good or misused? Is it against RSI policy? Um, might be good to have a second character, like an NPC that can do some tasks for you. Can you back up items to other characters? 
um, or you can back up items to other characters. You can have it ready for friends to try Star Citizen. Um, would it distract from the immersion of the game? I feel it should be single character, but do see some benefits if not abused. So a lot of questions, um, but I guess at the end of the day, I can tell you it's not against RSI policy. I, I don't know if multi-boxing is or isn't, but I can tell you that having more than one character has been talked about um, because they mentioned it could be used, uh, that you can use a second character as an NPC on your ship, a crew member. Um, but Tavo, what are your thoughts? Multiple accounts, good. How could they be used for good? How bad? Um, well, in the beginning, when we were talking about that in on Spectrum, or before it was actually Spectrum and just the forums, a lot of people were thinking, um, you know, I'm going to have multiple characters so I can do stuff on one side of the verse if I want to do things. And then if my friends are working on the other side, I have another character that's over with them. And then they started bringing in the whole thing of uh, agent smithing and death of a spaceman and all that other yep. stuff uh, in there. And now you take a look at ships where you can have um, like the MSR, where you can have multiple accounts, you know, multiple paid ship accounts and have your characters that way. And there you can pretty much go everywhere on that. So I guess the quick answer, I think SIG's idea is to yes to all the above. I think they want you to do everything. I don't even think they will really say no to uh, multi-boxing. In the end, they win. If, if you're running 10 accounts, they're, they're winning. You're creating content and doing stuff for them. Um, and regardless of what I think, if somebody's going to multi-box, they're still going to multi-box. They're not going to listen to Tavo, So, <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, what about you, Seagard? Yeah, I, I actually intended to, I have, I intend to have more, multiple accounts. So I have two right now. One is Seagard and the other one is, um, George, George Dumont, George Dumont is the other guy. Um, so if you ever see him out there, he's me, but I, I wanted to be able to Man play some mystery. of the, Yeah. I wanted to start a character from the bottom, so I bought him with an entry-level pack and gifted it to him, so I get the credit on the Sigurds uh, account. But uh, and I wanted to be able to, <laughs> I wanted to be able to earn from the bottom up, uh, and I also wanted to be able to play some of the mission giver missions um, as far as I could with you know just myself without really having to worry about building up too much of a negative reputation on my main character. Um, and overall, I did. I had definitely a vision since you know I started in 2013. 2013, I think, is when I started. Um, of the the main account, Seaguard would be more of like the I don't know the father who built the company, and because uh, I have a lot of ships, and he would be the one loaning out the ships to others. Um, you know, I was working a lot of hours and just didn't see myself being able to play a lot. So I wanted to be able to enjoy the ships with other people. And I thought uh, I'd like to do that without risking Seaguard, um, you know, that character as a whole. So the third character will be the guy who's probably, you know, captain level working on the ships and may even start from the crew level up. Right. So. Okay, cool. Um, what about you, Chekhov? Yeah, I, I would say uh, 
No, I, I, I think it should be a pure play. Well, first I have to say it's a, well, probably next to impossible to control, so it's going to happen. But I think the pure play is one character because everything else, unfortunately, leaves way too much room to, to cheat. And, you know, you can, you know, we remember when you were multi-boxing and, you know, making loads of money and, you know, cargo runs and uh, whatever else you're going to do. It's just, it's not a pure play. I mean, you're, you're one. How can you be split in three? You know, right. uh, that's what the NPCs are for. Should be able to use NPCs, rent NPCs, or or, or, or robots for that matter. <clears throat> I'd love to have robots, you know, uh, to, to yeah. be able to task them. There's no need to create multiple. Yeah, well, uh, actually, I believe EVE, Eve Online uh, allowed you uh, multiple characters on the one account. See, if you set it up that way, that's fine. Because it, it was done in, in on the one account, mm-hmm. so you could be different races, I believe. Mm-hmm. So you right. may know that better, right? Yeah. yeah. So that that I think is okay, but creating the cat when the game was not designed to do so, I think that's should not be done. Yeah, yeah. I only plan on using my characters one at a time, right? But well, I would never. I would never. In the end, I would when things go live. I would never take the Seaguard character or maybe one of the other ones becomes the guy who owns everything. But whoever right. owns everything would not be the one I launch on an adventure into the middle of the unknown. Right. But unfortunately, you would be a very, very small exception and not the role when it comes to this stuff. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I don't really care either way, to be honest. Like... If you can, if you can control that many characters like an octopus and 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 serve your own interests, fine by me. You know, power to you. I'm not going to do it, but I might have multiple accounts that I use at different times, whether it's to explore um, parts of the game that aren't based on my main character um, or something else. Um, the next question is. Uh, a lengthy narrative and I don't actually recall seeing an actual question mark, but I think it's more of something he wants us to react to. Um, it's from Delta X 85. So let me just get a a breath in here for a second. Okay. (laughs) Um, so he states, um, for my time in Star Citizen, I've noticed that a disproportionate amount of players and orgs are focusing on PvE and lawful gameplay. I personally find this to be unfortunate due to the fact that the gameplay is boring. PvE all the time is going to hurt Star Citizen's potential population growth. Um, with a project this ambitious and the possibility of immersion on scale never before achieved, um, PvP and piracy is going to be essential for the longevity of the game. If the majority of players don't want PvP, complain about it as it occurs more often, and choose not to participate in that mechanic, CIG might as well not have even developed weaponry for FPS and ships. It's asinine to have the tools for PvP, but never use them except as props. Normally, my gameplay in MMOs concentrates on defense and protection of PvE players and weaker guilds. However, the game's population has altered that Offensive PvP and piracy makes more sense to help the game become more intriguing and not just a facile experience of rote and repetitive PvE. 
I know Chekhov alluded to the fact that if you were into FPS PvP, that this is not necessarily the game for that, and one probably should go to Call of Duty. Now that the mechanics are evolving for PvP gameplay, shouldn't more players test the boundaries of that aspect so we can stress the programming and get more attention uh, there to Amar... Oh my god, I can't pronounce this word all of a sudden. Amar Lareli... Uh, ameliorate <laughs> even uh. further. I personally feel that Star Citizen is going to attract a wide variety of gamers, and I'd like to see it appeal to the Call of Duty demographic. I'd like to see the focus of the devs to be balanced PvP and PvE. Right now we need affirmative action for PvP. We need more people to put emphasis on PvP and let the verse adapt. Um, just so, real quick, I just want to comment on something, yeah. and I think maybe... Maybe you would too, check off. Yeah, I, I don't would. think you meant check off that Call of Duty crowd was that no, 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 right. the That's... game isn't geared for PvP um, on ground or, or FPS well, PvP so much as Twitch based short term bang, 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 die PvP. Yeah, well, yeah, that's well, a couple of comments. Since this was, yeah, yeah. For first of what I meant by Call of Duty that we, we're not attracting yet the Call of Duty player. Not only because of the PvP versus PvE, uh, the, this game is not ready for that specific crowd who's used to 100 plus <coughs> FPS. It's a completely different genre, and, and they will never even come near this game. Maybe ever. I, I don't know. Maybe at some point they will, but I doubt it. It's, it's, a, it's a different type of attraction to those type of games. But also I want to say that... Uh, you know, there's this, and this is not my quote, but there's three types of play. There's a PvP, then there is piracy, and then there's griefing. And I think 100% agreed there's a room for PvP and it's necessary by consent. There's a room for piracy, you know, which is, uh, you know, intelligent, which is planned, uh, you know, it's interesting, but there's no room, there's no need mm. for griefing, meaning you know, griefing in a way where you're making somebody's life miserable online. You, you're haunting them. You're exploiting the game to follow them on servers, to 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 to, uh, to put them on comms, and then you know, just you know, uh, just literally make their life miserable. So yeah, I'm, I'm only against griefing, but not against PvP or piracy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. In fact, we actually have been training quite a bit for first-person shooter as a group. We just don't plan on doing it as an individual. Um, if we're going to, if we're going to do it and we're attacked, we want to be able to respond as a, as a team, whoever's there. And uh, if you're not there with the team, run away. <laughs> uh, but if you're just going to come blow up a ship just for the sake of blowing up a ship, eh, that's, that's kind of, if you want to come steal our cargo, that's that's fair play. I mean, that we don't think we have a problem with that. I don't I think mean, that's we a don't problem. want you to, but we'll right. defend against it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. we're excited by the idea that there's that risk. Absolutely, that's Kilgore is a classic example. I mean, we did not decide to do an event with their org, but their org, we've had some encounters with them, and they were fun. They were fun, uh, you know. And I like his idea in the prison. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So I think. Go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. I I just think I feel that 
the idea is, and 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 this sort of goes back to what you were saying, Chekhov. You sort of we we sort of want to make sure that PvP has its place and piracy has its place, but that there are controls for players who don't want to interact mm. with that at all. And so that might be something as simple as maybe around Terra Prime, piracy doesn't happen. So if you don't want to be robbed, you hang around Terra Prime and you never leave that system. But once you leave that system, you know, it's like the whole idea of going through Pyro. You're going to go through Pyro and chances are they're probably going to make better rewards in the Pyro system than there are in the Stanton system, particularly since the Stanton system is... Um, you know, already sort of like quote unquote overmined and like, you know, the resources have been drawn. It'll probably be better to go to pyro to mine, but it's going to be a lot more dangerous and you've just got to be prepared for that. Yeah. Tava, what do you think? Oh, good. Oh, I can definitely chime in on this. Um, my viewpoint is, Based on how I originally signed up for the game on Chris Roberts' pledge. And I can say that with 100% certainty, because you can go back and take a look at everything that's on here, over the first million people that signed up for Star Citizen um, don't want to PvP at all. Uh, one of the things that they included, which is not included anymore in the discussions was a PVP slider that you could turn all the way down and totally disengage from it. Uh, it was one of the things that when they had milestones that people pledged for, myself included, for those that want to get on and they just want to do some simple mining or they want to do some simple now box mission running and they don't want to get blown out of the sky because they only have a 15-minute game window. Um, forcing, you know, over a third of the game population today into a situation that they don't want to get into is the quickest way to kill a game. Um, there's many other games that have tried to force this mantra and have not done well at all. Um, and I've seen that from both a gamer's perspective and back in the day when I ran my own gaming business uh, that ran on World Group BBS, people remember that stuff. Um, when we were gaming on modems before an internet, uh, that was a, it was a big thing. The people wanted to get into that, and the two divisions started then. The PVEers, the cooperative play, mm. versus the PVPers that want to do something different. And trying to force the two groups together is always a bad a bad thing. And it's, that's the key word, is force. And that was how he was putting his question there, trying to make that kind of synergy work. Absolutely not. If, if you have it as a sliding bar, so like Monday through Friday, I don't want a PvP at all, but on the weekends I do, and I have that option, perfect. But if you're going to force me to do it all the time, it, it's not going to work. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would say I, I think... I think it'll end up being not a slider bar, more so like where you go and, and how you travel there. Um, and to go back to what he said, I agree wholeheartedly. Yes, PvP needs to be in this game. I think that's what makes it an interesting game. Um, 
I just don't think, you know, unfortunately the state that it's in now, there's not many opportunities for PVP to really make sense unless you're just doing it for the sake of it. And at that point, at the point where we are now, unless it's going after a bounty or, you know, some other choice based thing, it's kind of just annoying, you know, because I'm just trying to mine and someone's taking out my rock. Um, or I'm just trying to look at the beautiful moon and someone's got to, you know, sneak aboard my ship and shoot me in the head. Um, you know, versus say, uh, piracy when, when they have physicalized cargo and it's like, okay, well now they have a point, something to steal a reason to attack me and I have a reason to defend myself. So I don't know that just my 20,000 cents. <laughs> you know, well, for me, for me, it's the, uh, you know, I kind of talked about it a little bit also, you know, I, I have had the experience of being in, you know, Eve online where it, it, it didn't bother me so much that there were people that were blocking jump points it bothered me that every person there had a freaking super aircraft carrier battleship, you know, top of the line, every skill over, you know, research. And they aren't driving, you know, converted cargo vessels armed with guns like we might see in our science fiction shows or in an old pirate show. You're, you're saying top of the line technology that would never be sold to pirates directly. They, they just couldn't afford to buy those things. You know, capital ships are a, uh, they are an economic investment for any nationality. I mean, you know, to have a supercarrier, there's only 14 of them in the world, 12 of them in the world, and the United States owns all 12. Right? So I would love to see things like Connie's being used or, or the, uh, you know, the Drake ships being used. Uh, even the privateer, I think, is a cool ship. Um, but I would like it also to be that the more active you are in an area, the more heavy the Navy is going to be breathing down your neck. Right? Eventually, you're going to tick off UE enough where a, a Pegasus is going to show up <laughs> or or a Javelin, right? And, and then game's over, just like in real life. It's what happened to the Caribbean pirates. They were just yeah. – the British Navy got tired of fighting the French and decided to go kill the pirates. It well, the other over. thing too is – pirates like you're you're sort of alluding to like they shouldn't they won't be able to buy a nice fresh ship they're gonna have to buy a stolen ship and they gotta hope that it was properly you know i I don't know how we're gonna keep track of you know like whatever it is the transponder or whatever it'll be um because if not they'll be picked up by the uee navy and and you know, I, I think piracy is going to have to tread lightly, which should be exciting for a pirate because it's almost like yeah. stealth gameplay meets, you know, yeah. other things. But it shouldn't be easy. It should be a hard life. Yeah, and I actually, and I think it's you know, again, I'm one of the guys who's I like PvP. I like to be interacting with it. You know, on occasion, it keeps me on edge and it makes going out into the universe fun for me. But I also would like to see an equal an equal challenge in the fact that the environment is far more dangerous than the likelihood of hitting a pirate. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Right now it's a little sterile. I mean, you can walk out your hatch without any problems. Uh, you can press your ship without any issues. I mean, I think I'd like to see that more of a threat than pirates. Well, it's, it's sort of like, 
if I if I wanted to go rob a bank, I can't just stroll up in that bank and ask for the money and not have a gun on me and not have my face covered and not be doing proper planning. So it's same thing. Like you need to be well planned out in advance to succeed in some of these things. This is in the future. So it's not like, it's not like, you know, detection of criminal activity is getting worse. It's getting easier. It's just more of a space to, to detect. So you know, turn it. You're going to have to turn off the comma rays, which has its own danger, and then enact your your piracy, and then hope you don't get scanned. Yeah, I also, you know, I also like the type of thing where I ran into it in Eve, and it was very brilliant. It was uh, a group that was they were they were acting as pirates, but they would come into a peaceful sector, and they would say, you know we're a religious organization and you need to donate to our organization or bad things are going to happen. And it's, you know, it's the old, I don't know what you call it. The, uh, the old mafia scene, right? Yeah. Don't want your store to burn down, but accidents happen, right? So pay me 10,000. They won't happen. I, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's brilliant. Just like, you know, uh, our friends there in prison coming up with you want out. I got money. You know, I, I think it's great. It's fantastic. So- can I add something for science? No. So as I'm coming home sure. to Everest Harbor, uh, I see a starfare sitting out there in Sol Red. So I basically emptied out all of what, whatever Buccaneer had, ran out of ammo, and then I'm sitting there looking at this thing, and it's still alive and well. There's like five other ships trying to take it down. So I back up, put the throttle full force, and cracked it right in half. So... The best weapon against Starfare is a Buccaneer. <laughs> See, we do PvP. <laughs> Check hey. out, you're going to jail. No, I'm not. He was red. I, I don't have a crime star. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm teasing you. Oh. <laughs> um, last question comes to us from Nyar. And he said... Uh, Reed is routinely described as a lawful org. If one of you is sufficiently geeky to use the D&D parlance, would you describe Reed as lawful good, lawful neutral, or lawful evil? Is Reed a poor org for someone whose play style would be described as neutral or chaotic good? Question mark. <laughs> um, I'm not a big D and dear, despite my name being way too geeky. Um, Anybody? (laughs) How would you describe us? This is an easy one. I think we're, we're neutral. Just should prove the fact that I, if we were way too good, I would, I would have really by biting by the letter of the law, I wouldn't have touched that star fair, you know, but he was right. I also say lawful good to me, at least if I'm assuming Lawful good also sounds like we're trying to like improve the world or something. Oh, no, we're just no. trying to be good, good and make money. Yeah, we're trying to be good citizen, fair, you know, play. We're not griefers, but we want to have fun. Like, like I said, I, I love PvP, even though I'm not that good at it. And uh, I think piracy is very intriguing, but we don't do. I'm not saying that we do. It's just if we joined Reed, we chose not to be involved in piracy. But I would love to figure out ways how to avoid it. I mean, so there's two ways to that, right? 
but I, but anyway, I would say we are neutral because we're not, you know, a we're not out there to save the world and improve the world. We're just kind of out there to make sure we're having fun and other people around us are doing the same. And and we're 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 normal, I would say, for the lack of better. <laughs> yeah, and I would, you know, I would say that we have um, we have a fair number of guys who are definitely in the in the their their bent is to do PvP air combat and PvP ground combat, no doubt about it. Um, so we've had a, actually a couple of times you had to go, hey, you can't just go out there and shoot that guy up. He didn't do anything to you. What are you shooting that other guy? Well, that's not one of our guys. <laughs> so, oh, but a bullet Defense. hit you. Yeah, <laughs> the bullet hit you by accident, and he's now red. Go get him. I mean, so yeah, I. I not really a truly understanding chaotic um, good at the term. I suspect that those with violent tendencies that are good, yeah. <laughs> call, we'll call them guard dogs. Yeah, mm. we have a place for guard dogs. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tavo? What do you think? I would think that we, you know, the way Tacno's looking at everything else, that we're... Uh, you know, we just we're the good guys. We're not out yeah. there to to cause all yeah. this stuff. We're, we will definitely defend ourselves. You know, if you come and stomp a mud hole out of us, but uh, yeah, you know, we're not going to go out and ruin anybody's day. And we're definitely not a bunch of griefers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll definitely I come agree. help anybody. Our, a big part of just so everyone does know, uh, a big part of our our adjustment to how we play is to avoid any situation where we would have truly um, people who were, were aggressively um, trying to, you know, harm us, you know, either by doxing or some other method uh, in the real world, right? This is a game we get away from work and, well, not, not me so much get away from work, but the ideas there. We get away from work. We just want to have fun. We don't want to have someone worry about their doorbell getting run in the, rung in the middle of the night and someone shooting them in the head over a game, right? Or having their name broadcast out and, you know, junk like that. And that's actually happened to um, to some of the friends that Techno had started other orgs with. So he does not want to go down that road at all. So that's what we're trying to avoid. So. All righty. Well, um, those are all of our questions for this week. If you do have questions, there are many ways. Actually, I always say questions. If you have anything to send to us, whether it's a question, an idea you had for science that you tested out, um, an answer to Seaguard or Chekhov's questions, you know, feel free to email us at readcastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle at readcastsc. You could submit a message through Anchor or um, join our ReadCast Discord and comment there. There's two sections now. We have a section for questions, and then we have a section for host questions where you can react to the questions we have. Or you can text or call, uh, text or leave a voicemail at 646-783-8154. Um, you know, as we always say, if you are looking to find that crew to explore the verse with, and you believe in law-abiding uh, citizenship, 
Uh, READ does stand for Research and Engineering through Exploration and Discovery. We'd love to have you. Um, and if you want to check out other content creators within our org, don't forget to take a look at Earth's videos on YouTube. Uh, or you can always listen to the music that um, one is part of the episode that we have currently, but also um, there's a whole soundtrack uh, written by Admiral Cody and Calibri. Um, links for all of that content is found in the show notes below. And that wraps up another episode of Readcast. Uh, Talvo, it's great to have you back. Thanks for joining us again. Yes, Thanks thank you. Hey, uh, can I have an alibi? Huh. Sure. So uh, just a thought. I just was sitting here uh, listening to Techno about the joystick mounts. I think I'm going to try this week to go in and look if I can modify my joysticks themselves to have some of maybe some 3D printed panels that are Star Citizen related. Since we, we don't have that uh, SciTech, you know, RSI joystick, you know, aligned anymore for the game. I know. Uh, whatever happened to that? Yeah. And SciTech, the camera. Yeah. SciTech got uh, bought out by um, yeah. Logitech. But if there's any, this is, if there's anyone out there who's done some cool 3D, you know, panels and things for their desk or for their um, flight sticks and junk like that brand, you know, like. RSI or you know, you know, MISC or anything like that. Um, give us a shout. Just let us know what's out there. I'd be interested in finding out how to find out what's out there and using some of it myself. Awesome. Hear that, everybody? Give them a shout. Um, thanks for that, Seagard. That what we're looking forward to hearing what you come up with. Yeah. Um, well, everyone, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week, uh, fellow citizens. Have a, have a good one. Thank you, and good night.